everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 79, and I'm talking with Leanne Manuel. Leanne has an amazing and incredible success story with weight loss, and she talks about her journey over on Instagram openly and honestly. Leanne will tell you all about her story in this episode, but she struggled with weight her entire life. And finally, in 2015, she decided to make a change and on her own has lost 165 pounds. She's also run numerous half marathons, dozens of 5Ks, and you guys can follow along her journey along with 93,000 other people on Instagram if you just go to Leanne is losing it. Leanne is also the national organization for Run Around the USA, which is a virtual journey around the USA. It's a really cool concept, and she will share about that in this episode as well. Before we get started talking with Leanne, I want to thank Kind Snacks for supporting this episode of the podcast and encourage you guys to get a sample box delivered to your door for just $5.99. All you're paying is shipping. Kind Snacks are made with clean ingredients, and if you look at their packages, you'll notice that there are very few ingredients in each kind bar, so you can feel good about eating them or serving them to your children or friends or family or whoever you give them to. I just got my second sample box sent to my door, my front door, and I think I only have three bars left on that, so I'm kind of bummed, but check out Kind Snacks. Go support an awesome business, an awesome organization. Just go to kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay. That's kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay and get... 10 bars sent to your front door for $5.99. Hey guys, let's also talk about the Indie Mini Mini, which is coming up on on Sunday, September 17th, here downtown Indianapolis at the 500 Motor Speedway. If you have kids ages five through 12, local here or in the surrounding area to Indianapolis, come have them run this race. My five-year-old son, Marshall, is running it for the first time this year. And actually, Leanne and I talk about it in this episode, her stepdaughter did it last year and they had a lot of fun. You guys can go to IndieMini.com and if you use the code ANOTHER17, you can get $3 off your registration. If you're loving the show, I would appreciate it if you'd head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It's one of the best ways for potential new listeners to find the show. And you guys, I know I say it almost every week, but I've been listening to Oprah's podcast lately, and they even mention it at the end of her episodes. So if Oprah asks for rating and reviews, I can ask for them too, right? If you aren't already listening to her pod, her podcast, it's uh, Super Soul Conversations. Um, it's so good. This morning I listened to an episode with Mitch Album, the guy who wrote Tuesdays with Maury. I... I don't know if I'm like extra emotional right now, but I seriously was practically in tears multiple times during my run this morning while I was listening to it. It was so good. So check that out. Why am I plugging Oprah? Oprah didn't pay me for this sponsor spot. If you want to, Oprah though, holler at me and A, I'd love to be a guest on your show or if you want to come on my show, um, offers on the table. And another way you can support the podcast is if you head over to my Patreon page, you guys can go to patreon.com slash lindsayhine, and I put out two bonus episodes a month for Patreon supporters. It's that simple. Last week, I dropped an episode with my very first ever guest on the show, Laura Anderson. 
Hey guys, if you don't have plans for Saturday, September 30th, especially if you're local and you don't have plans, come to my live show. It's Saturday, September 30th at 6 p.m. downtown Indianapolis. Maggie Dials, Mary Johnson, and Michelle Gonzalez are all joining me for a live recording of the show. We'll have wine by Fit Vine Wine there, and also Taylor's Bakery here in Indianapolis is providing us with some delicious dessert. It's going to be such a fun night, and if you do register for the live show, I have a discount code, $5 off the 5K for Indie Women's and $15 off the half marathon. So if you've kind of been thinking about it, but you haven't pulled the trigger yet, now's the time to do it. We have people coming in for this show that aren't local, and we have lots of local people as well doing it. So grab a couple girlfriends, come run this race with me. I'm pacing the 140 group. I'd love to have you join me. And I'll also be doing, I'll also be set up at the expo the day before to do some pre-race interviews and some fun stuff like that. So anyway, you guys head over to the show notes and grab your tickets for the live show, lindsayhine.com. All right, everybody, enjoy this episode with Lee Ann. I know you're gonna love it. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm good. Well, you know, it's interesting because I actually already knew who you were when you emailed me because Gareth, who works at the running store that I do part-time work for, showed me your Instagram account and he was like, this girl has 94,000 followers and she lives in Indiana, Indianapolis. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What running store do you work for? Athletic I, I, oh, Okay. Yeah. I talk to them sometimes. I've been up there a few times and I've talked to them. I don't think I've been there when I've actually... Uh, went in and, and to talk to them for a purpose, but just going in to browse. So. Yeah, no, he um, he was all about your story. And then when you emailed me, I was like, oh my gosh, this is full circle. Very cool. Yeah, awesome. It was really neat uh, to e- email you because I, you are local and I, I, I like to work with local people the most uh, here and around town. So, How did you hear about the podcast? You know, I was actually going through online, um, and I'm trying to build back up. I had an injury, an overuse injury, after a, a really tough year of races, um, and I'm trying to build back up to hopefully do a another half by December, and then a spring uh, full, and which would be my first full marathon. And I was looking for different motivational running podcasts and I googled yours or I I googled it and yours came up as number one to listen to um so I did and then I ended up emailing you later so (laughs) that is awesome well that is really good for me to hear that when people google something like that that it pops up yeah yeah number one (laughs) I must be doing something right with the SEO that I don't know that how I'm doing it but I'm doing it apparently (laughs) Okay, well, let's get into your story a little bit. So we're talking with Leanne Manuel, and everybody who listens knows that I love talking to a local person. I talk to people all over the country and have even had some guests in from Canada, but I love talking to my local indie people. Um, but Leanne has this really incredible weight loss story. So I'm going to kind of let you, Leanne, start from the beginning. All right. Well, I grew up here in central Indiana in a small town called Mooresville, not too far from Indianapolis. Um, And 
I have I come from a family of of big people, heavy people, um, but I didn't realize that until first grade. We moved, and I moved to a new elementary school, and I was meeting new people, and, but I wasn't connecting with them. And there was these uh, little boys. There was twin boys, and then there was other boys, but the twins I remember the most. Um, and they would chase me around the the playground and call me like Big Mama and Big Green Giant, and I was tall. I'm a tall person now. I'm six foot. But uh, then I was tall too, uh, about a foot taller than everybody else and heavy as well. Um, And I think I just realized that at that moment that I was a lot different than people because of my size. Um, And it just, it kind of stuck with me forever. um, Feeling like I was, I was separate than everybody else because my size was so much different than theirs. Uh, by the end of elementary school, I had topped over 200 pounds. And then in middle school, I hit 300 pounds. Uh, I was actually raised by a, a single mom. And she was somebody who uh, really loved with food. Uh, everything was a celebration with food. Um, whether you were you were sad or happy or um, you had made a great achievement that was a, a cause to um, get something special to eat. Uh, and we lived like that my whole life. Um, but when I uh, went to high school, we actually left Mooresville. Uh, my mom wanted me to have more opportunities academic-wise, and I think she wanted me to get out of the bubble of, of the small town where I had for so long just been isolated because of my size and um, and not being able to really connect with other people for, for the years of going through being teased and made fun of. Um, so she moved me to a major high school here in the Indianapolis area. I went to Ben Davis High School, and uh, there was m- many more academic and social opportunities there, and I really kind of found my place in Ben Davis uh, through speech and through some other activities like choir and journalism, and that allowed me to find myself again and, like, define myself beyond my weight. But at the same time, my weight was still going up. Did you find that people were kinder once you got to that more, like, kind of diverse, bigger, more populated school? You know, I don't know if people were kinder or it was just such a new environment because I obviously didn't know anybody and people already had their friends and their cliques from going to school with them since elementary school. But really I was able to connect with the activities that I wouldn't have had Mm -hmm. available to me in Mooresville and connect to teachers. And, And through those connections with those activities, I met people that saw me beyond appearance. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Like my speech team, that was, that was a team that I was spent many, many hours with after school and, and, and I was able to connect with them beyond them just seeing me from the outside. They saw who I was on the inside. And that was really the first time that had ever happened for me because I never did any activities when I was younger. By my junior year in high school, uh, I had, Topped what would be my highest weight in high school was 370 pounds my junior year. And again, I'm six foot tall. So 
uh, I'm tall, but I was still very, very heavy and had trouble with everyday things like sitting in desks because uh, most desks are fixed. They aren't. Um, so you have, you know, your small amount of space that you can fit into. And I just, I finished high school off, off like that. Um, and after high school, I had tried to go to Purdue, but I don't I don't think that I was ready. I'm, you know, I'm old enough to admit now that I wasn't ready to go to a four-year school away from my mom. Uh, I had lived such an isolated life that um, I, that was really far away. And uh, so I ended up coming home in December after high school, uh, one year, or one semester at Purdue. And when I came home, my mom uh, decided that she was going to pay for me to have a lap band surgery. Uh, which is a form of a weight loss surgery where they put a small band around the top of your stomach that can be inflated with um, saline solution through a port in your abdominal wall. And she paid for me to have that surgery, and I had some initial success, uh, and I was able to get down to about 230 pounds uh, within a year of having that surgery. But I was very young then. Uh, I was only 19 when I had it. And I I didn't, I, I went into that doctor's office and I had the surgery within three weeks. There was no nutritional counseling. There was no emotional counseling. Um, being a self-paid patient, you really just are going to get it done and then you're kind of on your own. Um, let me ask you something about that. Is is that a common practice still to this day when they do lap band surgeries? Like to not um, give you any kind of education on, on nutrition? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now they don't perform lap bands quite as much here uh, in the United States. So people more will travel to like Mexico and mm. Tijuana to have them. Uh, you know, honest, I've never been down there, so I don't know. Um, uh, no, but just like the, <laughs> even the surgery here, like, did they stop doing it here because of it? Because it was dangerous? No, I think it was just kind of replaced with a the quote unquote better option, which was the the gastric sleeve. Okay. Um, there, so there is a lot less chance of complications because a, the lap band has a tendency. To um, it can either erode your stomach or flip um, in and cause uh, internal damages, which ended up happening to me uh, many years later. In um, I think it was twenty twelve, I had emergency surgery to have mine removed because it had slipped inside my stomach wall uh, or inside my uh, inside my abdomen, and uh, it had closed up so I wasn't able to eat or drink for four days and ended up having the emergency surgery oh wow okay okay so you 13 months later after your surgery you find out you're pregnant yes I did with my son Hunter and when I found out I was pregnant I started having complications with um, my lap band it was it was becoming difficult for me to eat you know your your insides are kind of moving and shifting around. Um, and I had this lap band that was tight in there around my stomach, only allowing me to eat so much, and then things could get stuck. And so I had it unfilled uh, when I was just a few months pregnant. 
But by the time that I had Hunter, I had gained every single pound that I lost back. Um, I had The day I had my lap band surgery, I weighed 320 pounds. And the day that he was born, I weighed 320 pounds. Mm. Exactly. Which obviously that was with the baby and, and everything else. But still, it shows just how, how quickly in that, that weight can just come right back on if you aren't um, exercising and eating properly and, and being vigilant. And I just didn't, I didn't have that education. I didn't have uh, the know-how at that point in my life. I was only 20 years old uh, when Hunter was born. I had just turned 21 and um, it was, I just, I didn't know any better. Uh, but after he was born, I ended up having more complications with my lap band, which is what eventually led to, in 2012, having it removed through that emergency surgery. But by the time that I had it removed in 2012, I was already back up to 370 pounds, which was my high weight in high school. And mm. um, I had done nothing with that opportunity that I had when I had the lap band. I, had, I wasn't able to lose weight and keep it off. I, I had honestly learned nothing at all through the experience um, except for to binge eat um, because with a lap band it was like some days I could eat everything in sight and then other days I would have a lot of trouble with my lap band and it was harder to eat so I developed a really bad habit of binge eating when I could eat I would eat as much as I could and I would eat all day long and three days and then the next day I might only have 600 and that is just a horrible cycle to put your body in, very unhealthy. And obviously, it, it helped my weight continue to, to go up. And, you know, at that point in my life, I was you know, working full time. I was also going back to school. I had started going back to school to finish my college education as an adult. Um, and I was also married then, or I don't think we were married yet, but my wife, my now wife, uh, we lived together and. That brought in my stepdaughter, Hannah, and we had a lot going on as our family. I think we were just trying to make everything work and, you know, provide good lives for our kids. And I, I wasn't worrying it about myself. I was just trying to get everything done. And uh, eventually, in the second half of 2014, I kind of was getting to a point where I was remembering that I'm a person too, and I need to take care of me. I need to practice good self-care. Um, and I had some events happen in that second half of 2014 that really led me to the journey that I'm on now. Um, but the, the big one is I uh, graduated from um, Ivy Tech with my associate's degree in December of 2014. Uh, I had worked very hard um, and lost a lot of sleep to graduate with honors and to graduate part of different honor societies. And I was really proud of what I had achieved after my failures as a, when I was younger. But I you know, came around full circle to, to figure out my life. And um, I ordered my cap and gown through the school and I got the largest size. And... When it came, which was just about a week before the graduation ceremony, I took it out of the package and I put it on and it zipped up the front. Um, but mine was about 12 inches from zipping. 
there was no amount of spanks, sucking it in, or tight clothes that could make this gown fit me. Um, I couldn't even get the zippers anywhere near each other. And, you know, I just sat down in my living room, and I, I just cried, and I, I didn't know what to do. I had worked so hard, and I was looking forward to getting to walk at graduation, not only give myself that moment, but give my mom and my grandma and my spouse, who had, you know, supported me along this uh, journey through my education, to give give them that graduation ceremony, too. Um, and it didn't, it felt like it was hopeless, um, in that I wouldn't be able to walk at graduation, and it that just took away a lot of the experience for me. And that day I ended up calling Ivy tech through their bookstore. And I told them what had happened and they were able to get me in touch with the actual manufacturer, which was Herf Jones. Um, and the woman with Herf Jones said, take all your measurements from your chest, your stomach, your hips, and we will get a custom one made and we'll get it out to you tomorrow. Oh, wow. And yeah, and they didn't charge anything or any shipping or anything, but she just really cared about my story and what I what had happened. Um, and you know what? She didn't have to. Right. Because it was oh, a week until the, the graduation at that point, and, and she didn't have to care. Or do anything. They could have charged me a boatload of money to order a new one. But they didn't. They got it out to me. And uh, two days before the graduation ceremony, it came. And it fit. And I was able to walk. Um, and I got to have my moment on, on stage that I was so looking forward to. Uh, but, you know, that situation didn't have to happen. Um it didn't have to. I, if I had been in better control of my body and my, my life, really, that would have never happened. And pain and heartache and embarrassment of it. So it actually was just a few weeks after that. Uh, January 8th, 2015, I weighed in at my doctor at 395 pounds, my highest weight ever recorded. Um, and I went to my doctor to ask advice for losing weight on my own um, nutrition advice or working out or what I should do. Uh, at that point, I was already taking high blood pressure medicine and medicine to control my blood, uh, blood sugar, and I just needed help. And how old I, were you? I was 24. Okay. Actually, I was 25, I think. Sorry. That's okay. 25. And... Uh, I, I went in there to ask all this, and the doctor looked me straight in the face, and she said that I could not lose weight on my own, and the only thing that I would be able to do was to have gastric bypass, and which is an extreme form of, of weight loss surgery that has saved millions of lives, but I had already failed at weight loss surgery. Mm -hmm. it, it terrified me. Um, to go back down that path. And it was a path that I didn't want to take because I knew that I had already failed at that once. I, I knew how hard it was. Um, and I, I knew that weight loss surgery wasn't a quick fix and that it could cause 
lots of issues in my life beyond helping me lose weight. Um, so she really kind of just added fuel to my fire that day um, by basically telling me I couldn't do it on my own. And I, uh, I took that and, and I took it home and I made my own plans. What a hopeless thing for her to say to you. What? I, yeah. did, you, did you change doctors immediately? You know, I actually did change doctors not that long after that. This was um, the doctor. I, I worked at a company that had an in-house clinic that did all of your um, like checkups and kept all your medicine uh, regulated and your blood work in, inside the in-house office. And I actually left that job just a few months later. Okay. She, that doctor never got to see any of the progress that I made at all. Have you ever I, thought about sending her pictures or just, you know, like, I just wanted to share this success story with you um, and that I did do yeah, it on my own? I have because, you know, the she actually came from a major weight loss surgery clinic here in the, in the area and then took the job at this, through this company that runs multiple clinics. Okay. Um, so she was familiar with weight loss surgery, weight loss surgery patients. And I just want to know, I want to send her that because I want to know how many other people she made feel helpless that um, weren't able to then make the decision on their own mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of what to do. Like p other people where she gave them such a, a, a hard reality like me but weren't able to go out and get educated and figure out what would actually be best for them and instead just follow that path and thinking that there's no way they could do it themselves it's the perfect example of um what i consider what i think of as like a lazy doctor just like um I've been doing this for so long. This is the easiest way for you to fix it. Like, here you go. And which is why we have such a bad, like, prescription drug problem in our country, you know? Exactly. There's n not giving alternatives. There should have been several alternatives because there's different methods for, I mean, there's different plans that people can follow for nutrition to help them lose weight. Uh, at the end of the day, it's always calories in versus calories out. But there's different plans that people could follow to, to help them reach their goals before going to that extreme option. And that surgery, you can't come back from getting a gastric bypass. At, at that age, there was so many different options. And instead of going to that, that extreme, and there is no coming back your your body is forever altered you will never be able to eat i mean a lot of times you won't even be able to eat the same foods because they can cause other issues like dumping syndrome um and it's just the last case scenario for a patient to go and have that tool of weight loss surgery um so i wasn't going to and i went home and i made myself a plan and I, you know, I, I used the tools that I could find and, and the internet and different websites that have lots of good information on them. I'm not talking about just anybody's uh, blog, but, you know, actual fact-based um, 
information about nutrition and food and exercise. And I made my own plan. And I started off with some pretty small goals. Uh, I wanted to eat on a meal plan. And I would plan out my meals, three meals a day and two snacks a day, and stay within a calorie goal and stay within a protein goal and within a carb goal and finding foods that fit within those parameters. It wasn't like, oh, well, I'm only going to eat a small amount of calories and those small amount of calories I'm going to get from two slices of pizza. I was trying to get as much nutrition from every meal possible, but still keep my portions under control because at the end of the day, my portions were my biggest problem. I could eat three plates of food at dinner every night. Mm. Uh, And just moving down to one plate of dinner was a huge change for me. And we cut out all the the processed foods in life. Um, Nothing out of a box and nothing that... um, Basically, if it wasn't a lean meat, a fruit, or a vegetable, we didn't eat it at our house. Um, And some dairy stuff. So I I started eating like that. And then I also started to work out. Um, And my first goal was to work out 90 minutes a week, which was 30 minutes three times a day. Or I'm sorry, 30 minutes three times a week. (laughs) And um, for me, 30 minutes would have been walking on the treadmill and I might hit a mile Mm -hmm. um, or 30 minutes on the bike and maybe get a couple miles in. Uh, It was certainly a slow process. I was not fast, but I was there and I was putting in my effort every day um, that I was supposed to be there and giving it my best and I was getting better every time. I remember the first time I, after this journey, starting this journey, when I got on the elliptical, uh, the elliptical scared me um, because it got my heart rate so high. Mm. Um, And it was just probably a few weeks, maybe six or eight weeks into uh, starting this journey. And I got on the elliptical for like 15 minutes. And my heart rate stayed in the cardio zone. It didn't get up into, like, the danger mm. zone for the first time ever. And uh, I was able to do a full 15 minutes, and I just, I was on top of the world. I, I really felt uh, those little moments of, of success at the gym are what helped me build up to being a staff marathon. Those, those moments that I can look back on and say, hey... Look how good you did. Look how hard you worked and what you were able to accomplish. And and now I can still do that. It's just uh, usually a lot harder workouts and a lot more time <laughs> to get a, to to get there. Um, but after a few weeks of that, ninety minutes a week, I moved up to one hundred and eighty minutes a week of exercise, which ended up being an hour three times a week because at that point, you know, we still had our family here. My Uh, My wife was also on this weight loss journey with me, and we had our kids. We were going to the gym for the first time ever, so figuring that out into our schedules with kids being involved in everything. Um, And I had started at Ball State to uh, get my bachelor's, so I was still, I was back in night school again. Mm -hmm. Were you driving up to Muncie? No, I was only going to online classes. Okay. 
which they have a really great online program that is really flexible. Um, so it did it. It's really one of the main reasons that I was able to work out as hard as I did um, in that first year, because I mean I still work out very hard and just as much. But when I was just getting started, you know, the flexibility of going to online school helped a lot to have time to rest and recover and then still get my work done. And uh, we made a decision, uh, Michelle and I, uh, that we were going to start training to run 5Ks. And we were going to run a 5K per month for the remainder of the year in 2015, starting in March. Um, after we had trained for the first one, we we were ready to do the first one in March. And the first race that we ran was the No Luck Run here in Plainfield, which is where a suburb we live in now. And uh, it, we finished that 5K in fi- just over 56 minutes. Did you run together? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We do a lot of races together, especially short ones. She's only ran two halves with me, but uh, the short ones she always usually comes along. Okay. Um, but we ran it together and we finished in about 56 minutes. And that was the first time that I had ever ran in a race. I had done different races uh, through the years through employers and for, for personal reasons to support different causes like the Susan G. Komen 5K, but I'd always walked. Okay. Um, so this was the first time that I had ever, ever ran in a race and it was so hard i remember my lungs burning um and looking back on that now that 56 minutes that you know 5k was so hard to me and we actually came home after the race and slept all day long oh wow it had take it had taken so much out of us that we slept like six hours afterwards. And I just a, a few months ago, I ran a half in the morning. And then that night, I went to a concert up at <laughs> Clips. And there was no nap time in between there. It was, but just the, the, the difference in oh, energy yeah. is, is amazing. Sure. And did you, um, when you ran that first 5K, I mean, I think a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people are fearful of finishing last or, you know, just that they're afraid that the race is going to, the course is going to shut down and they'll be still out there. Like, is there anything you can say to people that might have never done a race that to alleviate those fears? You know, I'm really glad you said that um, because I probably wouldn't have brought it up myself, but I actually have a story about coming in last. Okay. I... At, in, it actually has to do with that, that first race I did. When I was talking about doing that race on social media, um, I had said, you know, I just want to, I want to do my best, but I don't want to come in last. I've worked so hard. I, I just, I just don't want to have to be last. And I made a big deal about it and posted multiple times about not wanting to be the last person. Because I, I just had it then. I, I really, I, I did, and so I ran that race, and there was two girls that finished behind us, and come to find out, those two girls 
that finished behind Michelle and I followed me on social media. Mm. And they knew who I was. And um, and I had made all that, that stink about not wanting to be last. Mm. And here is people that at that point were looking up to me for inspiration to, to keep get, to get moving and to get out there. And I felt like I was about an inch tall mm. because I was making a big deal about not wanting to be last when I was out there running in my first race for yeah. the first time, you know, <laughs> I, who cares if I came in last as long as I was doing my best. And I, and I think I ate a big piece of humble pie that, that day to realize that it, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. as long as I am out there and doing my very best, then I am successful. And, and that's how people need to look at it. As long as you are giving it your all, you are still doing your very best. And that's all that matters. If nobody's there at the finish line when you finish, well, you knew that you finished. And you knew that you put in the work. And I have never again talked about, about not coming in last. And I, I'm not sure if I, I probably came in last for some shorter races since then. Um, but I'm almost always near the back of the pack because I'm not a fast runner, but I get it done. I, and I realize that that's, that's what's important at the end of the day is just getting it done. Do you, I mean, do you feel supported when you finish and you're, you know, in the back of the pack? Um, I've only had one time that, uh, for one half marathon that I did not. Okay. Uh, and at this, and I would never run this race again. Uh, when we crossed the finish line, I crossed it at about two hours and 53 minutes, which is a really good half for me. Um, And then my spouse, uh, Michelle, was running with me that one. It was her first half marathon ever. Okay. And she finished at about 332. Okay. And um, this race had a four-hour cutoff time. It was um, so... Presumably, there was people that could take up to four hours to finish. And when we crossed the, the finish line, both of us, me under three hours and her at, at still well under the cutoff, they had already packed up all of the post-race nutrition, mm-hmm. all the post-race booths, and all they had was somebody standing there with the medals. There was no bananas, waters, granola bars, nothing. Oh. And I felt that I did not like that. I ended up emailing the the company that organized that one because I've ran many of their races before and they didn't even respond. Oh man. After that. And so I haven't ran or supported or talked about one of their races since then, Mm. since that day, because I just, you know, I am a firm believer. You support every single runner. If somebody believes they're a runner, then they are a runner. If they're putting in the effort that they believe makes them a runner, then they are one. And they should get supported just like the people that come across the line first. Because the people that are coming across the line first, they have it figured out. Yeah. They, they're they already athletes. They have, they have this life figured out, this lifestyle figured out. The people that are coming across the line last are still most likely learning or trying and working to get better, um, and just figuring out races. 
And they're the ones that need help and need encouragement and need somebody there to be like, hey, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I always love cheering at the end of, of races, like marathons, half marathons. And I am much more inspired by people coming through at the end of the race than the people at the very front of the race. I mean, it, it's exciting to watch the front of the race, but you're exactly right. They have it figured out. Yeah. And, and, it, and the people at the end are the ones that are coming across the finish line crying. They have, mm-hmm. you know, cheer squads that have 20 people in there because this is their first time. And, and I, I love that. I love that when it brings people together and people find joy in racing. It's not, uh, that's really important to me. And when I go around and go to expos and I'm not running, uh, I always stick until the last runner comes across the finish line. I will never pack up my booth and I will never leave Mm -hmm. until I know the last person has came across because after my experience at this particular race, um, where I felt like there was nobody there for us, I, I will never be that person. Mm. So, you, so you've so you gone on and you've lost 165 pounds. Yes, I've lost 165 pounds and I've also had um, excess skin removal surgery, which was another 11 pounds okay. uh, removed from my abdomen. Um, and I actually had that surgery because I was having health complications, but I also was not able to run long distances because it, because of the health uh, concerns with having as much excess skin. Um, and I had like this huge goal um, that I wanted to run a half after my first year of running races every month. Um, the longest race we ran that year was five miles. Um, for the drumstick dash. Oh, fun. So I got my first taste of a longer race with that five miles, and then I was ready to keep going. Um, in 2016, I was ready to keep going. And the, the, my like number one goal for New Year's uh, uh, for 2016 was I wanted to run the Indy Mini. You know, I said uh, I went to a Ben Davis. I was a West Side resident. So the race at Indy 500 has been a big part of my life, uh, most of my life. Um, and there is no better race out there than the Indy Mini, the the crowd. And I had ran the 5K in 2015. Um, so I already knew how much energy the race had. And I wanted to do it. But I was facing all these health complications with my excess skin. So I went to my family doctor and then a plastic surgeon in January and by March I had the surgery and I was completely barred from doing any exercise for nine weeks because I had some complications and when my doctor released me I had two weeks and five days before the Indy Mini to train Mm -hmm. after not being able to do anything more than walk on the treadmill for nine weeks. And in that two weeks and five days, I jammed in 12 weeks worth of half marathon training. (laughs) Um, The first day that my doctor released me to train, I came home and I ran five miles. Wow. The next day after that, I ran six miles. And then the next day after that, I ran seven miles. And that was that was the only thing I knew that I could do if I just put the miles underneath my feet then maybe I would be able to finish and um and I wasn't going for time by any means I 
had just had this major surgery. I my at that point my abdomen was still spasming because my muscles had been repaired. So they were still squeezing like crazy. Um and I was just trying to get it where I could get myself over the finish line. Mm. The the best that I could. Um and I wanted to be there and I was gonna do it no matter what it takes. And the week before was the first time that I had ever actually gone that distance at once. The um, because I knew that I needed to at least try and get 13 miles under my feet um, before the, the day came. So the, it was either a Saturday or Sunday before the mini. I went to um, the aquatic center here in Plainfield. It was pouring down rain, so I couldn't train outside. And I didn't want to do it on a treadmill because I didn't think a treadmill really is the same as being on a road. So our friend is an eighth of a mile inside. Oh, wow. And I ran the full 13 miles, 13.1 miles around the indoor track. <laughs> so it was uh, like, I can't remember. I think it's 90 some laps oh, wow. in the circle. And I, uh, I got it done though. <laughs> and I was really happy with my time and, and how it was working out. And, so that next week, I uh, ran the Indy Mini, um, and I cried oh. so hard. <laughs> I mean, I cried so hard when I crossed the finish line, and and to this day, I don't really know if it was because my my muscles were cramping quite so horribly, and I could barely stand up anymore, or if I was just overwhelmed with the joy of how hard I had worked, and then the crowd. Um, the people at the, the, the many are, uh, the, the streets are lined for almost the entire race with um, groups that are out there to support you and cheer you on. And the runners also, the runners, walkers, joggers, everybody is cheering everybody on. It's just like this incredible community um, to be a part of. And, and I felt like I really solidified my place as a runner that day. Um, and coming back from that surgery and just having that small window of time, I, I was, I was really proud of myself. And, uh, and then I just, I didn't want to stop running halves at that point. Cause then I knew I could, I wanted to just continue to get better. And I, I ended up running five more half marathons in the 12 months following that, um, and it didn't work out, you know, it would have been nice if it was, you know, every other month, but it, it didn't end up being like that. It was several, like there were every four weeks in the fall of, of 2016. And then I had a few in the early months of this year. And I ended up um, applying for and being picked to be an Indie Mini Ambassador for 2017 um, because through my social media efforts and everything that I do out at the races and going out um, is I want to bring people of all ability levels because I really love when people are just starting to figure out races. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that part and I support everybody uh, the, as long as you're getting over the finish line. If, if you're a walker, well, good for you. You're just still getting there. A lot of people can't walk 13 miles and um, I, I just I really love the the community and just and bringing everybody together. So that was 
why I applied to be an indie mini ambassador to be a, a a different type of face to be a part of that to um, a different type of story. I I never ran races when I was little. I was not athletic, but here I am now in my late twenties and out there getting it done. And I wanted other people to see that they could too. All right, before we continue talking with Leanne, I want to encourage you guys, if you are local or close to the indie area, to check out the Indie Mini Mini, indiemini.com. It is a race downtown Indianapolis at the 500 Motor Speedway. Kids ages 5 through 12 can participate in a race that is specifically designed and a perfect distance for their age. A great atmosphere, and we all know the 500 Festival puts on a good event. We run the mini every year in May, and I just know they always do a fabulous job with their races. If you guys have kiddos that want to sign up, ages 5 through 12, use the code ANOTHER17 to get $3 off your registration, so that takes the registration down from $15 to $12. This will be our first year going, but if it's anything like the rookie run, I know we won't be disappointed. You guys can also get a sample box of Kind Snacks. That's 10 full-sized Kind Bars sent to your door for only $5.99 if you go to kindsnacks.com slash Lindsay. Go grab yourself some Kind Snacks. All right, guys, let's continue my conversation with Leanne. So obviously you've found some success and this is sticking. This is this is your way of life now. What were some like simple keys to success early on, you know, when it would probably seemed really daunting and you were trying to run or exercise three days a week for 30 minutes. You know, I always, I used to say these, some phrases to myself, it's just one meal at a time or one day at a time, one workout at a time, just focus on what is right in front of me. Um, because that one workout is, or will re-energize you to want to come back the next time or that one healthy meal is just that's one piece of the puzzle but if you make good decisions for each of those individual meals is when the 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 results are going to start stacking up don't look at it like oh i have to eat healthy all month if i want to hit my weight loss goal look at it i need to eat healthy this meal so i can make my weight loss goal and you your, um, your wife michelle is you know, on this journey with you, do you think that plays into a huge part of your success as well? You know, it's, it's funny. Um, I think that, yes, we've had a lot of support to go out and do our races, but we also have approached things very different. Um, we are, are certainly on our own journeys, but we've supported her. Um, her methods aren't always like mine and mine aren't always like hers. Um, but we do have each other. I really think that the biggest thing besides having her, um, has been to, to share my journey through Instagram where I've been able to connect with people like me who have struggled with their weight, um, their entire life and people that have had major failures like I have, um, and also had great successes and being able to learn from other people through social media that I wouldn't have been able to do here locally, um, has really made a, a huge impact and positive impact on my life, I think. That's so good, too, because you hear a lot of negative things about social media sometimes, just kind, kind of like the comparison game and, 
and all that. And what we're seeing with your Instagram account is you're inspiring people who kind of have walked through what you've walked through and, and giving them that motivation that they can do it too. Absolutely. And I, I always try and say, you know, we're in this together. Um, I'm out there sharing my story and it might be my short story, but when I go on to Instagram, that is my, my health and fitness community. Um, those are the people that I talked to about um, new training methods and new things that are available, new products that are available. Um, not that I don't, I don't necessarily believe you need a whole bunch of products to be successful, but I mean, a good protein pancake can make me happy if I, <laughs> if I know about it. But, uh, you know, those are, those are the people I get to talk to and bounce ideas off of and learn from. And yeah, I think that comparison can be kind of awful out there, especially for people that, um, have lost a, a huge amount of weight like I have and, and aren't quite at their goal and you can and sometimes you can see other people hitting their goal a little faster than you um and that can be hard Mm -hmm. for just about anybody but at the end of the day I have all these other people that are in the same boat as I am that are still just not quite to that finish line for their weight goal but they're you know hitting finish lines at races or making good decisions on vacations um like I am and that's those are the people that I need to connect with well, and I love what you said in your email. You said, at this point in your journey, you still have some pounds to lose, but that's not the focal point anymore. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I do. I still have some weight to lose. I'd really like to lose about probably 40 pounds more or so to hit my perfect weight. Um, but really, I'm focusing now on enjoying the everyday moments with my family and and practicing good self-care as far as um, running the races that I want to run. I'm not, I don't run anything um, because I feel obligated anymore. At, at some points on my journey, because I've shared so much, I have felt obligated to do things. And I don't, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, I'm only doing what makes me happy and what brings joy to my life. Um, and there's lots of races that I want to do all over the country that I'm trying to do. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm just focusing on the everyday, making good decisions when I meal plan for the week, um, enjoying the time with my family. You know, I never got to ride when Hunter and uh, Hannah were little. I never got to ride rides with them at the fair or at Kings Island or anywhere. Um, and now I can. I can take them in go-karts. And I want to suck every one of those moments up and live this this healthy life that will give me joy and bring so much positive to me. Um, and a little less of, hey, I need to lose five pounds every week for the next 20 weeks. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it was kind of in the beginning, I, I shed some of that ob- obligation um, to just be a little happier and enjoy it a little bit more. So what do you think the biggest lesson that you've learned out of the whole process so far? I mean, truly it's 2017. I mean, this was 2015 that you got started. That wasn't that long ago. Uh, It's to definitely not beat myself up. I spent like 13 years of my life weighing more than 300 pounds um, and living my life on the sidelines 
and not getting to be a part of things socially, not being able to be a part of fun things like um, going places. And, you know, I've, I think that I've figured out now to how to create a sustainable life where um, I can, I know what is proper to eat. I know how much I need to exercise. Um, and I don't need to beat myself up if uh, we have a family holiday and I eat a dessert that I didn't plan on eating. I'm not going to beat myself up about that anymore because I know what to do now. And I, I didn't know when I was younger um, how to control my nutrition. And I didn't know how to calculate how much you know protein or carbs or fat I should be eating. I just ate whatever. Um, and, but I've learned from that and it's, I, I can't get mad at myself for, for having slip ups sometimes because overall I'm worked so hard and I'm doing so well. And as long as I keep trying and focusing on that, you know, one day at a time and self care, I, I know that I'm going to hit my finish line. Do you have any favorite books or websites or resources that you used when you first got got started on this journey? Uh, I am a big fan of Skinny Taste. Okay. Um, The recipes online, uh, they're super good, and a lot of them only have a few recipes. So I, uh, uh, I love to cook. I'm I cook a lot at home. I so I love to check out the new recipes through Skinny Taste. I've also bought the Biggest Loser cookbooks. Are they good? Yeah, they are really good. Some of my favorite recipes have came out of there. Just um, and they're not that expensive, and there's they're just a few ingredients because you know Biggest Loser people have pretty minimal amounts of that they can have access to well, on the show, and it's kind of the same way that for when they come home, it's you know just a few ingredients and easy to cook for any family budget, and that's how I like to stick to things. <laughs> Do you watch that show? Uh, not anymore. It's I, it hasn't been on in several seasons. But I, when I was younger um, and struggling with my weight uh, at kind of my highest moments, I did. Yeah. Did you uh, Did you ever get the feelings like I want to go on the show, or did it motivate you? Did it make you sad? Uh, I I did get motivated one time to want to try and get on the show, and down at the casino in Shelbyville here that. The Biggest Loser casting people came along um, and to and met with people, and I went in and did it, but I wasn't chosen. I mean, honestly, I don't think I have that the most exciting of the lives to get picked for something like that or the craziest story. Mm-hmm. I just I was just somebody that's been big my whole life and didn't know what to do um, to fix it, uh, and so I didn't get picked. But I have watched. Uh, the show since then but you know now they have all those research um and studies out and people coming out afterwards about um problems on the show so i don't know i don't know if i'd watch it anymore to be honest with you like too much too soon too fast too intense yeah Yeah. exactly and then your body is on the struggle to try and get back to its you know original weight um because your body wants to get there that's why from even for me now, I have to be so conscious of of what I eat and making sure that I get my exercise in, 
um, and still sticking to my goals because my body will fight to, to get back up to my original weight too. And it's something that almost everybody that's lost a huge amount of weight deals with is, is that struggle. So, well, yeah. And it's like, yeah, what they do on the show, you can't live, you can't maintain that or anywhere near that in your everyday life. Yeah, you have to have a job. You have to fit everything in your family. You have you can't work out twelve hours a day. I know I certainly couldn't. I mean, I like a good twelve hour hike, but <laughs> that's like you know once every couple of months. What are some of your favorite things that you've done since you've lost the weight that you couldn't do before? Uh, climb climbing into the top of a mountain was awesome. Um, I've also done just a like a day hike on the Appalachian Trail in Tennessee which was beautiful and amazing and, and scary all rolled into one <laughs> and just being able to, to be out there and, and do that and definitely riding the rides with the kids and, and getting to, to see their faces up close. You know, I spent so many years sitting on the bench on the side. Um, I don't have like that terribly many pictures of myself and, and all the fun things that we've done with our kids uh, over the years until the past two years or so because I was always the one behind the camera sitting off to the side mm-hmm. and just being part of those moments, the everyday moments, um, has, has been life changing. And I, and definitely running the races, uh, the halves, uh, especially the, the big ones. And then you're going to do, um, you're going to train for a marathon this spring. Yes, I am. That is, I think Carmel. Okay. Uh, is what I'm thinking this spring. So uh, that's my next big, big running goal. I think I've ran six halves. Uh, I, I think it's time. I've gone up to about 18 miles in a day, but I've never gone a full marathon distance. You, so You've run 18 miles or run, walk, or whatever in one day. Yeah, run, yeah it was more run, walk, or whatever. But <laughs> I mean, that's legit, though. I mean, that's like almost... You know, most people do 20 miles for their longest run. So, I mean, that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. And and that's why I think I'm ready, especially as I, as I get my knee back feeling better. And um, and that's the big one. I just, especially with everything that I'm doing with Run Around USA right now and meeting so many marathoners and ultra marathoners, it just motivates me to know that I can take my journey to that next level. I'm there. I can do it. Um, and that's exciting to look forward to. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about Run Around the USA. Run Around USA. What is it? Tell us about it. Uh, it's a virtual journey. Um, so we know that there is virtual runs out there for if you can't make it out to a specific race. Well, Run Around USA is a journey. So it's actually 10,670 miles long. Um, and you sign up for it on a subscription basis, like for 12 months you have access to our website and app and you log all your miles that you run. Um, and basically you get rewarded for all the training miles you put in between your big races. Um, it, you get advanced along an interactive map for every run that you complete. Um, and every 60 to 80 miles, you will hit a new city. And in that city, we'll send out an email to you, um, about that city, uh, some facts about it and where you're at. And then there's major milestones where like 400 miles, 1,000 miles, where you'll get uh, special gifts along the way uh, for reaching those milestones. 
every year for every 12 months per um, subscription, you also get a shirt or a singlet and a medal for completing that year. Um, and a lot of runners will decide to get it engraved with how many miles they completed in that year um, towards the overall journey of the 10,670 miles. So then what happens when you get to those miles? Are you just graduated from the program? Well, it, once you do the whole 10,000 miles, um, we have two other maps. There's Run Around Europe and Run Down oh, Under. Cool. Okay. Um, so all over the world. So it, the average runner, um, it'll take about probably five years to complete the 10,000. Okay. And then um, each of the other maps are about 10,000 miles as well. So. And it connects directly to Strava. Yeah, it connects directly to Strava. Strava, or you can manually upload your runs from your other app. Like I use Polar Flow because okay. I have a Polar Imported Watch, um, and and upload it onto our app to advance me along the um, the virtual map. That's and awesome. you can also, we are also in the next week or two going to be rolling out some new features on our app where you can comment or high five your friends that are also running along um, about their races that they complete or their training runs because people can put comments um, along with their uploads, you know, uh, hard run, this was in the rain today or, or things like that. So you can uh, interact with your friends as well. Um, and there is a weekly uh, leaderboard and an overall leaderboard to see where you're at and uh, I'm usually down towards the bottom because, of course, I am not elite. I'm just a an everyday runner who enjoys getting out there and getting my miles in. And then there's other people that are running uh, 100 plus miles a week at the top of the the leaderboard. Wow, 100 plus miles a week! Yee. I know. <laughs> so you're the <laughs> national manager, though. Um, what do you What do you think? Had you known about this, like right when you started? your uh, process of running and walking, would this have been a really good motivator for you? Oh, absolutely. Because every, you when you set up your profile, you set up your goal miles for every week in there. Um, and it's just like constant motivation. You're getting rewarded for the everyday runs. And it's, it's only $50 for a 12-month subscription. And then I always have $10 off coupons. Um, so $40 will get you access to this map for a full year, give you a shirt for that's the run around USA shirt, the sport tech, um, and then gets you a medal for all your hard work. And I just feel like it's constantly pushing you to keep getting out there and keep working and keep going farther. Um, because you know, you want to get to that next city to, it tells you how long you have till your next city. So you might only have 20 miles left, and you're like, well, i got to get 20 miles in this week because I'm ready to get there. I, I see this goal up ahead, and I want to make it. That's really um, fun. Yeah, that's a really fun way to do it, for sure. And I was just thinking, too, I mean, $50, but there's something to be said for having a little bit of skin in the game. Like, I'm paying for this app, and I want to reach these goals. And I think when things are completely free, sometimes we just, like, you know... They're just, it's not as big of a deal to us. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're not getting anything out of it, 
um, and you're not putting anything into it uh-huh. of your own, uh-huh. it, it just has this tendency to go by the wayside for you. It does, you don't necessarily keep going with it. I, I, I see that a lot with like Couch to 5K, um, the, the, the training app where people will start that um, and they've downloaded it for free, but then they get through the first week of it and... And it's like, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. And But if they had to pay for that, they would probably finish it. Totally. You know? Yeah. I just actually, my sister's not a runner and she, she always, you know, kind of like goes through these phases where she wants to start getting in shape and then she's, you know, doesn't want to do anything. So I sent her like a two week training plan and of course I didn't have her pay me for it, but I, oh, yeah. I wonder, and she never did it. She never did any of it, but I wonder had she just been one of my regular clients or even though she is my sister decided to pay me just to, you know, for the principle of like, I'm paying for this, I'm going to do it. Would she have held herself accountable? Probably. You know? Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, and that's why I really love run around USA. I just think that at the end of the day that you constantly have that motivation because I mean, just like the races that we pay for a year in advance, you know, I, I paid for the many, many, many months in advance and knew I was going to do it and, and knew I had to train for it because if I didn't train for it, then it was going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, this year, of course, in the last year, I didn't have much time to train, but <laughs> this year I did. Uh, and, and it, that, that same sort of thing. We pay for our, our races way far in advance to keep training mm-hmm. for it. Well, this is, you pay for your your access basically and you want to keep going um because a lot of people in their first year will hit at least the the first two where they'll get gifts sent out plus their shirts plus their medal and so they're getting a lot back both motivation wise and prizes i guess along the way yeah and i think that those are really motivating factors especially for someone that might just be starting out um, are you now speaking of the mini, um, we are, we've been talking about the indie, the mini, mini a lot on this podcast, or are you, are either of your kids going to be doing that? Well, I guess Hannah's 13. She's probably too old, but Hunter's nine. Hannah ran the mini, mini last year and we loved it. It was such a great experience for the kids to get out on the track. You know, I said earlier that I, um, am, a huge lover of the Indianapolis 500 and everything to do with the track. Um, so we did take Hannah out there to do it last year. Um, obviously she's too old now. Um, Hunter on the other hand is he likes to play soccer, uh, but he does not like to run by himself. Mm. He will, he's actually ran multiple five K's with us. Um, but I think I would have a hard time getting him to get out there and run by himself with all the other kids without yeah. me. <laughs> That's good to know, though, that Hannah did it and she liked it. We're doing it for the first time this year because my oldest is five. So this is the first year we can actually do it. Oh, awesome. You will love it. And there's so many great booths that come out. And, I mean, you should see And Everybody will be lined up along the, the barriers down uh, along the start-finish line. And all these parents have signs and they're oh, you know wait. I'm cheering so excited. <laughs> yeah it is awesome i i really love the 500 festival and everything that they do in our community and the many many is so cool to get kids excited about running races 
and you know just instilling a love of running early so they don't have to have stories like mine they can they can skip all that and just love running from now <laughs> i am way too excited about that race <laughs> i'm gonna be the crazy mom screaming okay so uh leanne we have to do our wrap-up questions what's one thing professionally or personally you'd like to do in life that you haven't done yet well i have been with Run Around USA, I've been traveling to different expos. Oh, fun. And I want to, and some of those I run, some of them I don't run, um, but I want to connect with more people. And I just want to go all over the United States meeting people at races to talk about Run Around USA and, and learning people's stories because I really love to hear how what what everybody else did to to land them at a race mm -hmm. you know whether they are somebody who's ran since they were itty bitty or they just started i want to hear their stories and learn from them um to apply them apply that back to myself so i professionally i want to take run around usa all over um to connect with people and runners and walkers and joggers and whatever you decide to do to get over the finish line okay so what's an accomplishment you're most proud of um i think First and foremost is our kids. Uh, Hannah and Hunter are just so great. Hannah is in band. She already knows what she wants to do when she grows up. She's in National Junior Honor Society. She's just so smart and so good and uh, so proud of her. And Hunter is in second grade. Um, and he is also doing so well in school. And I just couldn't be more proud of him and all the uh, improvements that he's made and um and then I think for myself I'm I'm most proud of you just kind of growing up and and going back to school and and you know I graduated with my associates from Ivy Tech and then I graduated from Ball State with my bachelor's um and that took a lot of work um while all these other factors were going on in my life um and I'm really proud that I went back and it was the first person in, in my, you know, immediate family to have a college education. Um, and it helped me get the, my, my day job. I'm a business analyst and that, uh, was kind of my dream goal when I started at Ivy Tech was to be hired to be a business analyst. And, and that's what I've now been doing for two years. And, between my education and then gaining confidence in myself through my weight loss journey, I was able to, to get that job. And so I'm really proud of that. So you're doing that and run around USA. Yep. And training I for work, half marathons. <laughs> yeah, I work all day for my day job and then uh, I work or run around USA all, all evening long and making plans and traveling to expos on the weekends. Oh, man. Busy lady. <laughs> Um, one question I like to ask people, and I didn't get the opportunity to ask you, how did you and Michelle meet? We actually met online many, okay. many years ago. Okay. Um, and then we were able to bring our lives together um, because she is from Florida and I'm from, you know, central Indiana um, in 2011. And uh, we've been pretty, uh, I can't even think of the right word. I know, I'm trying to think, is, <laughs> you're trying to say is inseparable, inseparable. Inseparable. That's yes. what it is. We've been inseparable since then, and uh, we've been we got married before it was legal in Vegas. Uh, had a commitment ceremony, and then when it was legal here, we uh, we got legally married. So, how like how meaningful was that to you when it did become legal in Indiana? It was 
it was meaningful to me because it was such a um, a huge thing for our family. It helped our family in a lot of ways. Um, but you know, I, it didn't make our our love any different than it already was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Uh, we we already felt like we were married, and and I'm and I'm glad that we were able to get those those legal rights that we wanted. But at the end of the day, as long as I had my my other half next to me, that's what really mattered. I love that. And how did you win? Like, how did how did you get her to come here rather than you moving to Florida? Because of Hunter, mm. um, with Hunter's dad. Oh, uh, got it. With it was it would it, it was best for for her to come here because Hunter has a really meaningful and good relationship with his dad and his grandparents. Oh, that's great. Okay, so if you had one message to send to the world, what would it be? I think it would be that everybody falls down. Um, no one is perfect on this journey, um, whether you're just running or also have a weight loss component. Nobody's perfect. Things are going to happen. Um, and it's really what we decide to do at our lowest points that build us up. Mm-hmm. Um, I am built uh what got me to where I am now, what I am built on my failures and learning from them. And I think that everybody um, needs to remember that, that, that we can learn from every failure and every mistake that we have to, to overcome that and to be better next time. What are you loving right now? I loved the, I love the flapjacked apple cinnamon protein pancakes. Okay. I make them into waffles and they're so good. Um, the, the Athleta Stealth line, okay. they're Athleta Stealth tanks. They're totally a game changer. I love them. They uh, help me on my races, and they're so comfortable. Um, I just really love Athleta, especially here. It's that they're always so helpful um, to help me find what I need, and I really, I really love the Stealth line. And I wear um, the Brooks Ghost series. Okay. Cause I, have, I run enough, and I wear out the bottom of my shoes that I have to replace my shoes about every three to four months because mm-hmm. um, I lose my tread like most people, most runners do. And um, so I wanted a shoe that was good, <laughs> um, but also was at least fairly affordable Yeah. Um, to be able to replace them so quickly. So I really love, like right now I've got Brooks Ghost 9s, and I love them. I think that's. Yeah, I think that's the, the big stuff right now. What's the best, most recent book you've read? I read It Was Me All Along by Andy Mitchell not that long ago. Um, and, you know, I've said a few times I really love to hear everybody's stories. And she had a weight loss story as well um, and had struggled with her weight her whole life. And so just learning from other people and how they overcame and what they did. And um, so that was a really good book. What's one of your favorite nonprofits to support? Uh, Indiana Youth Group is a big one for me. Um, I think that they saved my life a lot and uh, when I was younger and, and helped me connect to, to others. Um, and they do? Uh, it's a LGBT uh, youth group where uh, they basically help connect kids with other kids that are like them and, and help them through tough times in their life and education and just a lot of work, a lot, a lot of great work with youth. Um, and I, I've supported them for years. I was a youth there, and, and now I'm old enough to, 
I'm a volunteer when I can um, or, and give back to them because they help me so much. Um, made a lot of my best friends through Indian Youth Group. Did you join them when you were in high school? When I, the first time I ever went was in 2015. Um, you can go there from ages 12 to 21 for their groups and programming. Um, and so I started going, I mean, not 2015, oh my goodness, 20, was, 2005. Okay, I was confused. <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm so confused. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, in 2005, when I was like, I was 16. Okay. Um, and we, and I just learned, I met so many great people there. And uh, I'm lucky that I did uh, learn about them. And I think if you know any young people, they're the uh, oldest LGBT uh, not-for-profit, I believe, in the state, uh, one of the oldest in the country, the second oldest in the country, I believe, and you know, helping tackle these problems that see through. I was just <laughs> going to ask you, are they in most local, like Indiana schools? I mean, do most school, public schools have this, this group? No, um, they, this is actually a freestanding organization, but they help with um, schools to set up their GSAs okay. and their, uh, which is a gay straight alliance. So they can go in and um, there and can help a school set up their gay straight alliance. And then they also help um, set up PFLAG, which is parents of uh, parents and family of, of youth. So. Okay. Okay. What's your next one? The next one that I have uh, is Team Red, White, and Blue. Um, I love what they're doing for our veterans, um, and I actually chose them for, we are doing a special fundraiser this month with um, uh, Runaround USA. We have posts out on social media, on Facebook, and on, on Instagram, because if people sign up with a special code, then half of their membership fee goes back to Team Red, White, and Blue. Team RWB might have seen them out at races before. That, and they're helping to get veterans back out in social and physical settings to get out and get active. And uh, I really love what they're doing with that community. Yeah, I've definitely seen them at lots of races. Did you have any other nonprofits? Nope, that was it. <laughs> Who are your favorite people to follow on social media? Uh, the first one, I have to say, is Hannah Shaw, the kitten lady. Okay. Um, I, I know that's nothing's sport or fitness related but we actually just lost one of our rescue kitties that was about two years old recently and hannah shaw rescues kittens and teaches people how to save kittens and and help curtail the 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 population of animals uh in our neighborhoods uh through tnr and um i just think that and she's helped me a lot after seeing her stuff helped me after all. we lost our rescue baby then we were able to to get past that and now we have a new rescue kitten and um so i i really love her i love indie andy um which is andrea farthing she's a indie local runner she's a disney runner okay um she was an indie mini ambassador and i think that she's so silly and fun um and motivating because her and her husband are always out training for a another race they just did the dopey challenge uh in february which is a, a a disney race where it's a 5k a 10k a half marathon and a full marathon four days in a row which is a incredible amount of distance to put under your feet and then 
I don't know her last name, but Al, her name is Allison, which is A-L-E-E-S-U-N-S. She is a runner right now, training for her first full marathon to benefit charity. She was chosen for the fun. She is a lifetime Weight Watchers member, which means she's hit her goal weight. And she is just constantly out there getting her training in and talking frank about things like she's had a tummy tuck like I have and training after that and working hard. And she's constantly motivating me to get out there and get my runs done. This is why social media is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I I really do believe that. Um, I feel like I might be a little lucky because of what I've gotten to do on social media. But so many of the people that I connect with are... um, are not people that have huge followings. They're they're everyday people that are really just out there getting the, the grit and getting it done. Well, Leanne, I so appreciate you coming on the show, and I'm so excited that you found the show through that Google search. You know that simple Google search, and um, yes, I can't wait to share your story with the listeners. Thank you so much for having me on. I've had a great time and and sharing. And, and yeah, thank you so much. And I hope that what just one person will listen and, and, and remember that they can do this too, just like I have. It doesn't have to be perfect. You just got to get it done. Oh, that's so good. Okay, Liam. Well, you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you, Liam, for sharing your story. Everything we talked about is in the show notes at lindsayhine.com. You guys can follow me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626 on Twitter at lindsayhine. And we also have a Facebook page. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine as well as a group. We are already in the month of the live show. It is September already. If you're thinking about coming to the show, grab your tickets. Saturday, September 30th, downtown Indianapolis. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait for the event. You guys, tickets are on my website and you can find them in the show notes, lindsayhine.com. All right, everybody, have a great Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.